Good morning, Calvary. Uh, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word and take out your copy of the Bible? We're going to be reading from John chapter 4, <clears throat> beginning at verse 6, and we're going to skip a few verses in between, but we're going to be starting at verse 6. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Verse 27. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? This is the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Good morning, I'm Leslie Hesterman, and Johnny invited us this morning to introduce our speaker, our pastor who's going to be bringing the word to us. Um, his name is Steve Spear, and he is with World Vision. And um, when Johnny invited us, we were super excited to share our enthusiasm for World Vision also with you. Um, the mission of World Vision is empowering people out of poverty, and they've been doing that since 1950. Um, Jesus' love is always at the center of that ministry, of this ministry, and they believe that no child is lost. So that's what our message is going to be about today. World Vision also believes in taking action. So we've been impacted. Our family has been impacted by World Vision. Uh, we've run between us three marathons for World Vision clean water throughout the world and um, also sponsor a child from Uganda, Michelle. So today we're going to get to learn more about World Vision from Steve. He's the World Vision's Director of Church Engagement, and you will hear Steve's passion for World Vision. Um, when Tim responded to Johnny that we would do this, he said, Steve is a madman. And you are going to hear that because um, Steve gave up his stable job to run 3,081 miles across the United States. And he did this to provide clean water for 30,000 people in Kenya. He ran across 14 states, 
That's the equivalent of 118 marathons every day. And he used 10 pairs of running shoes. So if you're a runner, that's like out of your pocketbook too. It took him five months. So uh, a little bit about Steve. Before joining World Vision full-time, he was a pastor at Willow Creek. He and his wife, Frances, live in the northwest suburbs. And they have a couple of dogs and two grown children. So please welcome Steve. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, uh, Tim and Leslie, Calvary family. It is um, just a delight to be with you, and it really is a privilege, and I'm so thrilled and excited on so many different levels. And uh, for those of you that are online as well, want to welcome you. Uh, so glad that you're joining us and that you're with us uh, as well. And I know you know this, but you have like the most amazing church campus ever, like this is such this is such an amazing uh, campus. Everything about it, the look, the feel, the aura, it really is amazing. I love coming. I gave the message about two years ago, was here, and I just love it. I enjoy it so much and be able to come back again. I kind of roamed around a little bit earlier and kind of got lost a few times because there's so many twists and turns. And I think you're the only church in America that has a portico. I'm telling you, this is quite amazing. Last week I was at a church in Fort Wayne, Indiana, First Assembly of God. God bless them. But uh, we were hanging out in their lobby afterwards. I said, what do you call it? Because I'm going to a church next week that has a portico. And they're like, well, we just have a lobby. And I said, well, that's all right. No judgment here. It's all good. But it really is quite cool. I love being here. And uh, we did, as Leslie mentioned, we live uh, west of here. We live in the Wheaton area. Oak Park has always been, we've lived in the Chicago area for 30 years and we've moved around six times. So we still have a couple of moves left in us and Oak Park is still on our list and we love the community here. So you never know, it could happen. Um, if you do have a Bible or a Bible app, kind of keep it open there to John chapter four. We'll be referring that to at our time. As Leslie mentioned, I did uh, run across the United States. It was actually eight years ago. It was 2013 when the run across the United States happened. As she mentioned, um, uh, it was 3,081 miles. I didn't count. Yes, I did. I counted every single mile. <laughs> um, we figured I ate about 1,000 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches mid-run. Is what we thought. Um, and uh, I, if you knew me like 12 years ago, I'm the most unlikely guy to have ever done this. And if you go into the archives here at Calvary, I think it was in January of 2020, there's a message that I gave that sort of outlined the run and the God story behind it. So feel free to go back in and uh, uh, take a look, listen or look at that, at that message. But speaking of running, I definitely wanted to say thanks to over 120 of you, 120 of you from the Calvary Memorial family who have over the last five years ran or ran walks, stepped way beyond your comfort zones, and you've done the Chicago Marathon and raised over $190,000 for clean water. So way to go. Yeah, give yourself a hand. <laughs> simply, simply amazing. And I want to give you uh, an inside scoop this weekend of some pretty amazing things happening within World Vision. Pretty crazy. Uh, as Leslie mentioned, we've been around for over 70 years. We've been doing work in the name of the Lord in over 100 countries. But these days, there is a renewing spirit, and it's birthing new ideas. And I'm telling you, there's a big idea that I want to share with you in just a few moments. But I first want to start with a question. Have you ever had something uh, happen that's insanely positive that you didn't see coming? Uh, ever had something that was insanely positive, but you didn't see it coming? 
One of the challenges of the U.S. run was getting enough calories in my system every day. I needed to take in about 6,000 calories a day, which is a little difficult when you think about it, right? One of the things, though, that was the secret weapon were uh, blizzards, Dairy Queen blizzards. So we found, I love dairy, and what we found was after a day of running, I would take in like two large blizzards. And for one, that would be like, you know, two or 3,000 calories just in that. And it, one of the things it did is it cooled my core after a day of running, which then stimulated my appetite for the evening because I needed to eat more food that evening because it was all about sustainability, eating enough for the next day of running. So uh, Dairy Queen blizzards became sort of a hallmark to the U.S. run. And as I ran, came into Chicago, uh, ran Route 66 from L.A. to Chicago, and then uh, Lincoln Highway, Route 30, pretty much on, on the way east, as we came into Chicago, our home church is Willow Creek Community Church, and I spoke there on a weekend service, and there's a bunch of people waiting to greet me after the services there, and as I was greeting people in our lobby, we just had a lobby at Willow, no portico, um, in the lobby, uh, there's a line, and there was a gentleman who came up to me, and he just, he extended his hand, and he said, hey, my wife and I wanted to say thank you for what you're doing for the vulnerable children uh, because the U.S. run ended up raising over half a million dollars uh, for clean water. And he said, we just wanted to say thank you for what you're doing. And then he handed me, and I looked at it, it was a Dairy Queen gift card. And I'm thinking, this is awesome. And I put it in my pocket and then greeted more people. And then in that next week of running, finished up a day of running, had made my way into Indiana by that point, and the crew that was crewing me and myself, we went to a Dairy Queen, which was customary after a day of running. And so I got two blizzards. I think we had three people with us. They each got a blizzard. And I gave the, you know, the person the Dairy Queen gift card, and they gave it back to me. And they said, you have $282 balance. And I was like, the guy loaded $300 on the Dairy Queen gift card. I mean, when he had given it to me, I thought, you know, what do you think? 25, 30 bucks that you might think? I'm going, this was such a radical reversal. I didn't see it coming. It was quite amazing to me. Well, I was blown away, needless to say. Well, our passage today, when Jesus encountered the woman up the well, this is exactly what happened. It was a radical reversal beyond measure. In the next few moments, I would love for us to see together, both here and online, how John chapter 4, that radical reversals in our lives, just as with a Samaritan woman, they've got three big ideas. The first big idea is this. They always center on a time and place. The second one is that they reveal truth about ourselves and God. And then finally, radical reversals always lead to steps of action. So as we heard read, the scriptures describe in John 4 that Jesus had left Judea and he was going to make his way to Galilee. So just a little geography reminder for us. Palestine, the area that Jesus did his ministry, was about 120 miles from north to south. And it was divided into three sections. At the extreme north uh, was Galilee. The, the south, extreme south was Judea. And in the middle was Samaria. Now the only problem going through Samaria, which would only be a three-day journey versus a six is that there was a bitter religious difference. Now, you may know this between the Jews and the Samaritans of the day. I mean, this difference has lasted over 400 years. I mean, it was a deep, deep divide. But nonetheless, Jesus, the reversal master, and the disciples, they made their way through Samaria. And then there's a scripture say at about noon, at the hottest point of the day, the disciples and Jesus, they came to a well. So there's our time in place. You got it? Then the disciples, they go into town to get food, uh, and Jesus hangs behind. 
And then the Samaritan woman approaches and Jesus begins a conversation with her. That's massive. Jesus begins a conversation with her. You see, Jew, uh, Jewish men, especially Jewish rabbis, did not speak to women in public, not even their own wives and daughters. Yet Jesus, who was the ultimate breaker down of barriers, he puts that all to rest. And in that very moment, he underscores the innate dignity of all. I mean, this is a radical reversal of epic proportions. It just flipped a power structure on its head in that very moment. I love how one writer, William Barclay, puts it like this. He said, here is the son of God, tired and weary and thirsty. Here is the holiest of men listening with understanding to a sorry story. Here was Jesus breaking through the barriers of nationality and orthodox Jewish custom. Here's the beginning of the universality of the gospel. Here is God so loving the word world, not in theory, but in action. This is the big idea of number one, is that radical reversals always center on a time and place. The second big idea about radical reversals is this, is that they reveal truth about ourselves and about God. Uh, to me, it's not surprising when this dear sister, when she hears of the living water that Jesus offers, of which if she drank from it, she would never thirst again, she wanted it, right? She wanted it. Imagine for a moment you're at a 7-Eleven gas station, okay? And you're just about to fill up your empty 15-gallon tank, and it's going to cost you like $60 to fill it up, right? You just did it not long ago, and you're going to have to fill it up not too long from now, maybe a week or so. Just as you have the nozzle in the opening of the tank, imagine somebody coming up to you and said, I can give you gas for life, and you'll never need it again. Wow. No, yeah, yeah, you'll take that, right? I mean, once you've identified this person's on a kook or a con artist, you might be interested, right? I mean, you're thinking, you know, gas for life and a Slurpees to boot? I mean, come on. This is all right, right? This is the sentiment of the woman. She does indeed want what Jesus is promising. Yet to receive it, she needs to know truth about her own condition. So here's the truth about me. And I know we know each other a little bit, but maybe all you know about me is that I've done some running and I like ice cream. That's about all you know. Um, but I want to tell you about a phrase that someone told me that brought this passage to life. And this was at a time when I was very aware of my shame and my guilt. And the person said to me in the midst of that, he simply said to me, Steve, do you know that Jesus looks right through you and still enjoys the view. Jesus looks right through you, right through you, and he still enjoys the view. David, Susan, Jamel, Allison, Frank, Brianna, he looks right through you, and he still enjoys the view. He chooses you. He looks through the good, the bad, the ugly. He sees all of that. He chooses us, though, exactly how we are. The woman at the well, you and me, he chooses to die for us and give everything to us. And when we take that in, friends, 
When we take that in and when we accept this foolish love of God personally and we live into the fact that he chooses us, he only asks one thing in return. One thing, the most important action step that we can take, to do the same for others. This is what he invites us to do, to do the same for others, to join him in passing on his love with everything that we have and to give the same radically reversing love to others in our world, especially the most hurting and the most vulnerable, especially those. And you may know this, but Jesus talked about the poor and the vulnerable nearly more than anything else when he lived on earth. Specifically in Matthew 25, Jesus said these words, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And then the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You see, his kingdom is one of a radical reversal. It's a different kind of kingdom. Instead of riding in on a stallion, what did our king ride in on? A donkey. And instead of having servants, what did Jesus do? He bent and washed, right, his disciples' feet. You see, Jesus challenged us to think about every single thing that we do and think differently. And here's the final big idea for those of us here and for those of you online, is that radical reversals, just like with a woman at the well, they always lead to steps of action. They always do. Her action, her steps were to run and tell her fellow townspeople what the Lord had done for her. Ours what we are called to do, friends, is that we are called to restore the broken circumstances in our world. This is what we're called to do and to affirm the inerrant dignity of people. These two things, we are called to restore the broken circumstances to the most vulnerable, to the most impoverished children and people in our world. And we're also called to affirm their inherent dignity, the inherent dignity of people. One of my best friends, his name is Rusty Funk. You may know him. He, he works with World Vision as well. His name is Rusty Funk. That's his real name. And he's not even musical. I mean, he has a last name like that, and he's not even musical. <laughs> but Rusty has reminded me, if we're not careful, we can gloss over the second action step of the reversing kingdom when Jesus calls the people who are hungry and thirsty and homeless and hurting, those that have the least in this world, he calls them, did you catch that? His brothers and sisters so by doing so, he's affirming their inerrant dignity. And in this one small but holy sentence, Jesus completely destroys a, a lie. And the lie is this, that we sometimes as people somehow seem to protect a false narrative. The false narrative is this, that people who have less are less. We protect that false narrative. But Jesus, in this one sentence, he destroys that. He says, no, he reverses it. He says, just because people have less does not mean that they are less. They bear my image and they bear my identity. This is it, friends. These are the two action steps in this radically reversing kingdom of God. This is what it's all about. To use our blessings 
to use our resources to get in the game and actually restore broken circumstances, even if it's just for one child, just for one child. And sometimes we're often, as I know, I am tempted to think, well, I don't need to do this because someone else will step up. But when we say yes, when we say yes to building the reversing kingdom of God, you know what happens? I mean, not only are people who we're serving, not only are their lives changed, not only are communities transformed, but our lives are changed in ways we never thought possible. So I want to tell you about a seven-year-old girl who changed all this for me. Uh, This is Winnie. And this is a child that Francis and I began sponsoring years ago. It was actually uh, just ahead of the U.S. run. And in this image, this is when I had the unique privilege of meeting Winnie. This is in August of 2012. And on this day, we met Winnie at their very humble home in the Rift Valley area of Kenya. And then after some greetings, we walked one mile to their water source. It's what you see pictured uh, here in this picture. And this small pond is where Winnie's family Uh, wash uh, what little clothes they have. It's where they bathe. It's where I saw livestock drinking around the perimeter. You can't see them in this image. But not only were they drinking, but they were relieving themselves as well. And this is their water source. And then we drew water out of this contaminated water source in the five-gallon container that you see in my hand. Water that would kill half the kids under the age of five in Winnie's Village. It's called the infant mortality rate. And then I carry that five gallon, weighs 50 pounds full. So think of an old school microwave like on your shoulder. And I carried it one mile back to Winnie's home. And that one mile walk back wrecked me. There was a seismic shift that happened in me on that day. And I literally have not been the same since. You see, my heart broke thinking about Winnie and the thousands of kids like her that would not have life. But then I learned how our $39 a month was being pooled together with the $39 of other children in the community being sponsored, not only to bring clean water, but sanitation, education, healthcare, and even microfinance. In this next picture on the left side, this is when I met Winnie almost eight years ago. This is before she had access to clean water and a sense of what fullness of life could look like. On the right is the last time that I saw Winnie just a couple of years ago. Uh, They, their whole family, their community now has access to clean water. Uh, Winnie is excelling in school. Her family, thanks to her mom, Justina. Justina is a rock star. They have this thriving garden business. And every Sunday morning, Winnie teaches 20 to 25 smaller children truths from Scripture like we're hearing this weekend. Simply amazing. We've now seen and hung out with Winnie twice Three times, actually, since first meeting her in 2012. And I'm telling you, this young, vibrant, joy-filled girl, she's not only family, she has redefined family for us. Broken circumstances restored, and their dignity affirmed, people and their whole communities transformed. And in the next few moments, friends, we have a vision that would bring this radically reversing hope to children and families in Ethiopia, specifically in a community called Benasamai. Benasamai. You can say that with me. Bana, then some, the word some, and then I. Benasamai. Let's try that together. Benasamai. Oh, that was really good. One more time. Benasamai. You got it. Totally got it. You see, Benasamai is filled with some beautiful children who simply lack the basic resources to thrive. 
You see, they are full of hope, even though they have so little. And honestly, the God-sized, you know, vision and plan of pairing the pioneering faith of uh, your community here at Calvary with this pioneering work that uh, World Vision and churches and community leaders are doing in Benasamai, Ethiopia, this is not a coincidence. It isn't. So today, on this Sunday, we want to invite each and every one of you to become a child sponsor. To say yes to sponsoring one of the hundreds of kids in Benasamai who are desperately waiting on a sponsor. And how your $39 a month, just as with Winnie, will restore their circumstances and affirm their dignity. And of course I know that some here in the room and some of you that are watching online as well, you already sponsor a child. And for that we are so amazingly grateful. But I'm sensing that maybe the Lord may be opening your heart perhaps to one more. Because I'm telling you, this is unique and groundbreaking, and let me tell you why. As many of you probably know, at World Vision, we've been partnering with churches all over the U.S. in the same fashion by asking each person present to sponsor an individual child in a community. And typically how we would invite you to do this today is that you would walk out into the portico, and there you would see a bunch of picture folders hanging right? Just imagine hanging on some string with some clothespins, pictures of children for you to choose from. And for those of you online, that same kind of a thing where you would see a bunch of children's pictures and you would be choosing from them. Imagine that for just a moment. But for the last year or so, we've been praying some big prayers at World Vision. Big prayers that would continue to push us in new ways to better serve His vulnerable children. And a few months ago, he birthed an idea that radically reversed our world. He led us to ask the question, what would it look like for the first time ever if this whole thing were reversed? And instead of us choosing a child, they were empowered to choose us. amazing, huh? So here's what's going to happen this coming Wednesday. Are you ready for this? In Benasamai, Ethiopia, there's going to be a choosing party. And guess who the, who's sponsoring the choosing party? You are. Calvary Church is sponsoring a choosing party in Ethiopia this coming Wednesday. And you know who the guests of honor are going to be? The children. 
of Ben Asamay. They're going to be the guest of honor. And they've been waiting. Many of these children have been waiting for years for somebody to sponsor them. But just imagine 50 to 75 of them coming, being invited to the party of their lives. A party where instead of waiting and waiting to be chosen, they're going to walk into a room and guess whose pictures they're going to see? Your pictures. And then like with smiles on their faces and hope in their hearts, they're going to choose you. And after they choose you, they're going to sit down and write a letter and let you know why they chose you. And it's a powerful, powerful letter. And now our plan prior to the pandemic was to have a jump on a plane tonight with Pastor Gerald, uh, maybe Manfred, and, and, who, and, and go to Ethiopia and to meet the children that you're going to be chosen by. Uh, now, obviously, international travel is a little bit, you know, jazzed up at the moment. So as soon as things clear up, we want that trip to happen, to see this community. But what we did this past week is that Gerald and Johnny and, and Manfred and, and some of us, we jumped on a Zoom call with some of our colleagues in Ethiopia and just worked and talked through some of the, the relevant needs that are happening uh, in there, the vision cast together. I think you see an image of that popping up on the screen. Uh, the other kind of cool way we're keeping all of this connected, both for those of you that are here in person and for those of you uh, that are online, is that we created a private Facebook uh, Calvary Chosen group. And in this private Facebook group, uh, when you say yes today and uh, decide to be chosen, your picture is going to be merged into this Facebook group. You'll see it between this service, the second service, and everyone online. There'll be this community where you can high five and comment uh, on one another. And in this Facebook group, over the course of the week, our leaders in Ethiopia are going to do their best to upload photos and video from the choosing party. It actually has been quite, uh, quite meaningful on so many different levels. And I think you got an image here of what the Facebook group could look like. And uh, one of the uh, things, Gerald, as many of you know, Pastor Gerald isn't here this weekend, but earlier this week he recorded a video uh, that would just speak to you and to speak to us about the power of what God is going to do this. So if we could just kind of uh, watch this from uh, your pastor. Hey, good morning, Calvary. Thanks, Steve, uh, for that encouraging word and laying out uh, this vision uh, for Chosen. I'm sorry to not be here this morning. A number of uh, months ago, uh, my brother invited me out uh, to visit with him out in Portland. So by the time you're seeing this, I'm actually on the other side of the country, and I wish I could have been here uh, with you all this morning. But I'm excited about uh, this chosen theme and about what Steve has laid out. I really appreciate uh, this reversal theme uh, from John chapter 4, uh, even thinking about tying this in uh, to Jesus' words in Matthew 25, where Jesus says, uh, the way that we treat the least of these is the way that we treat him. And I think there probably are not, um, there are not uh, many that are, would qualify more as the least of these uh, than the children of Ethiopia. My wife and I have been uh, connected with World Vision. Uh, when we first got married over 20 years ago, uh, we began sponsoring uh, a couple of kids through World Vision and been at it so long that those kids grew up and kind of aged out of the sponsorship program. We picked up another couple kids and have been sponsoring kids. And so I'm excited about World Vision. And then I'm excited about World Vision and this chosen theme because it connects back uh, to Ethiopia. And when Manfred came to me and he was saying, hey, we can do this, this chosen theme and we can kind of pick a country that we want to, uh, any country around the world that, that they're doing this. I said, are they doing it in Ethiopia? And um, and uh, sure enough, they were. And of course, if you have been around Calvary, you know that uh, our youngest uh, daughter, Maylie, is adopted uh, from Ethiopia. And so m our heart as a family is with Ethiopia and uh, works. I'm just personally excited to be uh, connecting uh, with uh, World Vision, which has been a longtime partner for us as a church, 
and then uh, the um, uh, this chosen theme I think is just it's fantastic and just watching uh, that video of these kids coming out and picking the families I mean that's just it's just so beautiful and uh, watch that I was thinking you know, like well what you know what if like we take our pictures right all of us right and we we send them off to Ethiopia they hang them on the screen like no one chooses us like what if I'm not chosen and uh, I don't think that's going to happen but I but I thought you know I wonder if that's how the kids feel you know right like all like all these kids in these villages are being chosen but like not all of them get chosen right but here we have an opportunity to reverse that right like we get to put our pictures out we get to be the vulnerable ones we get to wonder am I going to be chosen Right, and uh, I just think it's a beautiful uh, way of communicating the dignity of the children that they get to participate uh, in the choosing of those who will be coming alongside and sponsoring them. So I think this is a great opportunity. I'm excited for it, excited to participate in it. And uh, I know not all of us uh, can do this. Maybe $39, that's just too far of a reach for you, and I get that. And, and uh, for some of you, you can do you know one or two or three children, or even uh, Steve mentioned, uh, in the sermon, the, the seven children, right? And I don't know what the Lord would put on your heart, you know, but the Holy Spirit, open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. Open yourself up to uh, what the Holy Spirit is doing uh, in your heart. And if he's calling you to participate in, in this way of caring for the least of needs, then this is a great opportunity. Maybe he's got something else for you, but, but I think this is an exciting opportunity for us as a church. Maybe you can't do a full partnership by yourself, but you can partner with someone. Uh, we, we collectively as a staff have all come together and we're gonna put our staff picture uh, up there uh, on the string there in Ethiopia. And uh, we're hoping to get picked you know, as a staff as well. So maybe there's some folks you can partner with. Maybe uh, as a family, you, you connect with your kids that have some source of, of income naturally and you all pull your money together and, and you do it together as a family or maybe your roommate or however that would work out. But again, I would just encourage you to open yourself up to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your heart, what I think he's doing here in, at Calvary uh, and our connection now uh, here with through World Vision to Ethiopia and just encourage you uh, to just follow where the Spirit is leading you uh, this morning. Steve's going to come back up and he's going to walk us through just some of the very practical next steps of what would happen or what would need to happen in order to participate in this. But, but Steve, thanks so much uh, for uh, the word um, that you brought this morning from John chapter 4. And we'll just pray that the Lord will apply this in our hearts as he sees fit. But I'm excited for this and I hope that you are as excited for it too. I love you, Calvary, and that we will see you uh, next Sunday when I'm back. Amen and amen. Uh, blessings, Gerald, on Portland. Um, but uh, the very first picture that you're going to see in that chosen Facebook group is the one that Gerald just referred to, the staff. This will hang on some string uh, in Ethiopia and Banasamai, and it's just going to be an amazing thing. And, you know, at our core, we all want to be chosen, right? We all want to be known. We all want to be celebrated. And what an amazing opportunity that we get to do to do this. Uh, several years ago, um, France and I sponsor uh, quite a few children and a few years ago, we were uh, wanting to sponsor another one, and we we're just thinking through, and we made this little connection in our mind. Uh, both uh, France and I would stop uh, at Starbucks, not every day, but we'd stop enough over the course of a week. And then we said, what would it look like if instead of like um, buy, going to Starbucks, if we just like bought pounds of coffee from Starbucks and made the coffee at home? Novel concept, right? <laughs> Make it at home and like pour it into a thermos and take our coffee. It was easy for us to look at that little adjustment in our world and sponsor one, if not two more children. 
And sometimes it takes those kinds of things. And as God would be leading in your life, we want to encourage you. So you're probably saying, okay, what do I do next? Two steps. Actually, three. Three steps. Step number one, pull out your phone. You already pulled out earlier, but just pull out your phone right now. And all you want to do is open a text message. Just open a text message, an empty text message. And um, in the message part, instead of putting Pastor Gerald's in Portland, don't put that. Put um, this theme, either put, if you're here in person, put CMC. Or if you're online, you just type in that message CMC online in the message portion, okay? I see several of you doing that. So I'm just going to put CMC. And then up in the uh, two, you're going to put 56170, 56170, and then hit send. Um, And what's going to happen in just a few moments, you're going to get, like in about 10 or uh, 12 seconds, you're going to get a bounce back link. Uh, Mine just buzzed. So you get a bounce back, and it just gives the name of the church. And then you can open that link. You can do that even right now. Begin doing that right now. Uh, Johnny gave me permission to have you do that, right? It's okay. Everybody can do Okay. Johnny said you can do that. Uh, you can start filling that out right now. There'll be some questions that you're going to answer. Your name, um, how many children that you would like to be chosen by. Uh, you're going to enter in a bunch of information. Not a bunch, but a little bit of information. And at the end, then you'll be prompted to do step number two. Step number two, which is you're going to take out in the portico the most epic picture of your life. And you're asking, well, why is it so epic? It's epic because it's going to hang on some string. And as Pastor Gerald said, we then get in the posture of being the one who's vulnerable. We are then in that position of being chosen. And it's going to be so epic for those of you online, after you come to the end of that process, you'll just be prompted about how you can upload a picture from your phone uh, to be chosen. Okay, so you're going to take the most epic picture. It's going to be a blast out there. I can't wait to meet you out there. Um, couple of quick reminders for you as we do this. Reminder number one, you need to do this by 9 p.m. today. So we want to encourage you to do it like right now after the service or right now if you're right online. But if you want to like text some family and friends to have them do this as well, we got to do it by 9 because that gives our leaders in Ethiopia the opportunity to print off all of our pictures and have them ready for the choosing party on Wednesday, okay? Then uh, reminder number two is if you have any trouble, if, let's just say you forget your phone, you're not even sure if your phone does this capabilities, we get you covered in the lobby. We got volunteers with iPads, totally get you covered. For those of you that are online, we have people that can help you as well, so don't let any technical difficulties hold you back. And then the final thing that I need to remind you of is do not miss church next Sunday. Do not miss church next Sunday because next Sunday is reveal Sunday. Next Sunday, you will find out the child who chose you. And as you walk into services next week, you're gonna see envelopes, chosen envelopes that have your name on it. And then you're gonna open that envelope and then you're gonna see the child holding your picture, a picture of the child holding your picture. And I'm telling you, it will mark you. It will truly mark you. So we are grateful to be with you. The band is going to play out a closing song before Manfred comes with the benediction, but I can't wait to meet you all as the Lord leads us together to make these massive differences in these communities in Ethiopia.